When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are back with the family and Ralph Tobasham, MD, Hackmaster, Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, and Andy Brampernard, and we'll be right back with Michael Osterholm. Talking about the coronavirus. Tom here from my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. We're back. There aren't with very many snow covered hills anymore. No. Melissa's sure there's going to be, though. She thinks we're going to have a second winter. The, everyone, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be the surprised. The March snowstorm or whatever. Well, March is our snowiest month, typically. It's the hockey <clears throat> tournament. Not this the, year. The boys' hockey tournament. The girls' hockey. Girls, girls don't rate. Just It's a sexist thing. They don't rate a snowstorm. But the boys, they get a snowstorm. They get them a snowstorm. That's stupid. Mm. and Ra- It's sexist. It's absolute sexist. The weather is sexist. I know. Tell me about it. Yeah. Do we, we have our guest? sure do. We have our guest. Michael Osterholm on the phone. Welcome, Michael. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Actually, it's Osterholm. Wow. Osterholm. But that's close enough, you know. Okay. Hmm. I'm sure you never get that. 
No one ever. I never do. <laughs> never. It's when my kids get Fair wrong, either. it gets more of them. <laughs> <laughs> get under your skin sometimes. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, welcome. You're here to talk about the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it a little bit already, and we have another doctor and, and, in and studio. We, we've talked about it already, and I, <clears throat> I hope and pray that you will not dispel anything that we've said so far. It would be just Well, way. that'll be good to know what you said, so I'll try to know what <laughs> yeah. well, you know, I, I guess I, I've, as a physician, I've sort of taken an optimistic outlook at this and that, you know, I've, I've looked, I've just thought about the number of people who are infected with the virus that have trivial symptoms or very little symptoms that have never been tested. So, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, I, you know, I'm, I guess I've insinuated that the number of people who get terribly sick from this, the percentage is, is maybe less than the 20% that they are quoting, just because you, you don't know how many people aren't going to end up getting this with little or no symptoms. Yeah, actually, um, the data out of China actually suggests there's not that many really mildly ill people. I mean, the, the number isn't quite as good, but that's not the important driving number. The number that is really most critical is what, who, uh, what is the likely number of people who get infected, period. Right. Um, you know, you can have a disease that kills 100% of people, but if only 10 people get it, it's not very bad. Mm-hmm. You can have a disease that kills only 0.1% of the people, but if 3 billion people get it, that's bad. Yeah. And so this is going to be the 3 billion 0.1% kind of thing. This mm. is not good. This, will, this is going to make a serious flu season not seem so bad. So is, is it going to pale the uh, uh, turn of the 20th century? The, with the no, it 19th? won't be as, probably as large as the 1918, but it sure has the potential. And the other thing that we don't understand right now is that in China, the underlying risk factors for severe outcome and death was male smokers, older, underlying health conditions. Um, that surely is a challenge. On the other hand, what they don't have in China, which we have a lot of, is obesity. And obesity is a huge risk factor for acute respiratory distress syndrome with a condition like this. And so when you overlay this virus in our population, it could be a lot worse than we saw in China. So, so it is true that the people who are getting it bad, dying from it or having serious uh, repercussions from it afterwards, they, they, they do have, the majority have underlying illnesses or underlying Some conditions? Some do, but not, not every. I mean, look at the last four physicians who have died in the last two weeks. All of them were physicians between the ages of 29 and 40. None of them had underlying health conditions. Okay. And, wh- and why do you suppose that they Just, succumb? It's, it's what we're seeing. I mean, it's uh, clearly, you know, the, the rate of serious outcomes or death are much lower in that population, but they still occur. Um, it's, so it's not a clear-cut picture of why someone does or doesn't get ARDS, um, but we do know that if you are an older individual and a smoker, your rate of ARDS is much higher. Okay. But, but there are uh, uh, ways to mechanically treat with pressure ventilation, be able to treat ARDS to a certain extent. Yeah. Part of the problem there is we don't have the capacity. Every ECMO bed right now in the Twin Cities is filled. Everyone okay. right at this Jeez. moment is filled. And that's without any coronavirus infection. So part of it is we have such a fragile healthcare system in terms of capacity. Uh, also, we're down a number of the hospitals in the upper Midwest right now have less than five days worth of protective equipment for healthcare workers. And so, uh, you know, they're all in back order. 
and the challenges are going to be huge uh, if we start overlaying coronavirus infection on healthcare workers and start seeing them develop illness and die. Then that's when things get really dicey. And and do you do you think this is shining a light on the flaw of having one country or one area uh, producing so many of our drugs, so many of our supplies, so many yeah. medical? Yeah, our group has actually been studying the drug issue for the last 18 months. We've been funded by the Walton Family Foundation to do that. And we clearly are demonstrating the very um, major reliance that we have on China for uh, critical drug supply chains. Uh, They also are tied in closely to India. Ironically, India is also tied to China because a number of the APIs, active pharmaceutical ingredients coming from China to India is what India ultimately uses to manufacture. So between the two of them, if you actually look at protective equipment, personal protective equipment, actually we have a lot of capacity here in North America. The problem is that healthcare systems have such little in the way of extra resources, they go out and buy it and stockpile it, so they don't. They tend to do the classic, I guess you call it the Amazon one-button push kind of order, where they just assume that uh, if I order it this afternoon, it'll be here tomorrow morning. And uh, there's no way that with the manufacturing capacity as it is, you know, if they were operating at a thousand percent instead of a hundred percent, you still couldn't match up the actual needs with what can be produced. Yeah. So that's where we're really hurting badly right now. Yeah, there that, was no stockpiling of this material that we, you know, knew we'd need one day. Yeah, that was the the whole point. Is that the and supply chain economics are such as that? Yep. Why are we yep. why are we exactly. holding all this stuff in a supply chain when yep. we can just you know streamline that so much so there's yeah. nothing yeah. in that supply chain. And when yep. it stops, when you if and that's assuming that your productive areas work all the time. But when they yep. as soon as they yep. stop, there's nothing yeah. around. Yeah. My question is, what is what are the? It sounds like the flu, you know, like symptom wise. So what's the difference between the coronavirus and having the flu? Like what? Yeah. Anytime we look at a virus and what it can do to a population, there really are two different parts of that virus-human interaction that become critical. One is, how easily is it transmitted? Meaning that uh, how many people are likely to get infected? And this virus is transmitted very, very similarly to what we'd see with an influenza virus. Um, Very dynamic transmission. Uh, We know that people uh, early in their illness and possibly even before onset of illness are able to transmit the virus. That's why today it has worldwide distribution. Uh, and where it's located, the case numbers are increasing rapidly. Uh, that's something you expect to see with the flu virus. So the second thing, though, that makes a virus um, very important in terms of what it does to humans is, is how severe is the disease. And with this particular virus, we see a case fatality rate, or the percentage of people who get it that die, uh, likely right around 2%. You know, there's been estimates it could be a little higher, a little lower, but each data point keeps coming back to about 2%. Um, most of those are older individuals, people with underlying health conditions are surely at a higher risk. Uh, and that compares to with influenza virus, and particularly a bad flu season of about 0.1%. Uh, in the 1918 influenza pandemic that killed primarily young, healthy adults was at about 3.5%. So it gives you a sense that somewhere between 1918, but it's a lot more severe than that with influenza. What we're really at this point uh, at a loss to understand, and unfortunately time will give us that information, is what will it look like when it shows up in a country like ours, which it is now doing. Here, 
one of the age group uh, risk factor issues that we have is the overlap with aging population and obesity. Uh, we know that obesity is clearly a risk factor for bad outcomes with this type of pneumonia. And uh, unlike China, which had a very, very low level of obesity, uh, we have an epidemic going on here in the United States and a number of high-income countries. So we can actually see the case mortality rate increase, not go down, when it comes into the United States just because of the overlap between obesity and infection with this virus. So is it basically the symptoms of yeah, the, the flu symptoms are actually similar? Are very much, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, the symptoms are very much like influenza. <clears throat> Starts out with a, a dry, non-productive cough, may have fever, and many individuals will not get much sicker than that. Um, however, those that do, this has also been an illness requiring a great deal of medical care. Um, uh, oftentimes, patients will be hospitalized, and it's in their third week or later that they actually die. And uh, this basically takes up a lot of medical care resources and makes the stress on the system even more than just you know having someone with a serious illness. So it's turning into pneumonia, or what is... Yep. This illness is actually uh, causing a pneumonia that, from an x-ray standpoint, it's very classic uh, in its presentation. It, it uh, has been, as labeled by the radiologist, causes a ground glass kind of picture, which is different and easily distinguished from most of the causes of pneumonia. Um, then in the t- on top of that, there is an additional uh, uh, condition that occurs called acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is in part actually an immune response by the host that becomes extremely vigorous and actually starts doing damage to the body, which then in turn uh, only complicates the whole picture. And uh, a number of the patients are actually dying from this uh, acute respiratory distress, distress syndrome. Okay. So what if somebody were to come down with coronavirus, what would you say is their best course of action to get over it quickly and not have it turn into anything dangerous? Unfortunately, there's nothing that anyone can do today besides getting good medical support, meaning uh, making sure that you uh, maintain your blood pressure with medications and appropriate fluids. Um, there's not any medication we can give you um, that is specifically tied to, to the virus. Uh, there is several medications that are in research right now that are being looked at and we call clinical trials, but uh, this is pretty much supportive care. And the challenge we have today, the kind of supportive care, can, care you need can be uh, a rather uh, sophisticated care. Uh, there's a type of machine we call an ECMO machine that um, basically is a heart-lung type machine that can help a lot. Uh, but at any given day in the Twin Cities, every ECMO machine we have is already taken. It's yeah. Built. So the problem we're going to have is, uh, uh, you know, what kind of care can we provide, particularly if we have a big surge of cases, um, you know, we're going to be in many cases at best providing good nursing care and uh, supportive care as such and, and not high-tech intensive care medicine. Where, where, might we, where might we be with regards to a, a vaccine or immunization? Uh, vaccines are going to be, I, at best guess, years off. Uh, there's a lot of hype right now, and I call it happy talk, which I think is a real distraction because it gives people the sense it is right around the corner. Uh, there are two issues that we have to address. One is how well does the vaccine work? And we don't even really know yet quite how to 
measure the protection that an individual needs to develop in order to actually fight off a coronavirus infection and uh, how that vaccine is going to do that is still unclear. The second thing is safety. Um, there was a condition that was recognized early on uh, with SARS vaccine research, a similar coronavirus, in which it's called antibody-dependent enhancement, or ADE. ADE is where you have uh, a situation where if you have no antibody at all, you know, these protective proteins, then, in fact, you end up having uh, a disease. If you have lots of protection with this antibody, then you end up in uh, basically fully protected. But if you have an intermediate level, it may actually cause you to develop, again, another immune response that can be a very severe da uh, organ-damaging kind of response. This is exactly what we saw with the dengue vaccine, uh, that was used in parts of the world, particularly the Philippines, where it was withdrawn after uh, kids became more severely ill uh, when they did finally get dengue infection, having been vaccinated, than not. So given that this is a safety concern with this vaccine, we're going to clearly uh, have to have a lot of safety information before it's going to get licensed. I just don't see all of this happening before several years. So whatever we have now is what we're going to have going into this battle with this coronavirus and unfortunately, vaccines not going to be one of them. And, and what, what do you have any timeline prediction? I know that's dangerous to, to ask or to try to do. Timeline prediction as to when we are going to see this nationwide? Um, right now, it is nationwide. I'm absolutely convinced of that now. I think that, uh, you know, it was interesting. We've had an absence of testing due to the problems with uh, the test kit development at the CDC. Uh, while the rest of the world were testing hundreds of thousands of people, we were testing people in the in the 4,000 range total uh, for the country. And uh, now that testing has become more available since last weekend, uh, I had predicted uh, just on Friday night on a TV talk show that within the next 72 hours after that, we'd see a, a, a number of cases getting reported and exactly what happened. That's going to continue as we have 75,000 tests uh, that are going to go out this week. And the more we test, the more we're going to find it. I think Seattle, which has been hard hit uh, there, uh, a large uh, long-term care facility outbreak, a number of cases in the community that have no apparent link to any other cases, as well as uh, other areas in the country, which as they start testing like Seattle did on Thursday and Friday, are going to see more of this. So at this point, you have to more or less consider the United States, and for that matter, most countries in the world, is a pretty homologous uh, uh, and homogeneous cauldron of virus activity. Do you think, I've heard a couple of people say that this has actually been in America for a lot longer than people think, but now we're just finding it because we're finally testing for it. So do you think yeah. it's been here for longer than people believe? Well, I'm not sure what that means in terms of what people believe. Uh, this virus emerged likely almost like a lightning strike as a jump between an animal and a human mm -hmm. back in the third week of November. We can actually date these viruses fairly well today based on what we know their mutational rate is. And so the whole world hadn't seen this before uh, late November. Um, from that time period, its amplification in the Wuhan, China area meant that a lot of people got infected there. Some of that spilled over to the rest of the world. Uh, its early introduction in the United States probably occurred in late December, early January. Uh, for those that we know, it was, a little, it was the first week of January or later. Um, so it hasn't circulated before that time. But clearly, between uh, the middle to the end of January and now early March, 
uh, there was likely substantial transmission inside the United States, and that's what we're now picking up with our testing. Yeah. And 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 are you know are we I, we talked before, and, and and you said that it wasn't the case, but are there when when they're do, I, I just read through the um, our Minnesota state recommendation with regards to testing and who should be tested, mm-hmm. and people who are relatively asymptomatic shouldn't be tested. So those people aren't. That's being, all changing. Oh, the okay. recommendations that were. Uh, put forward for testing were based totally on trying to match up uh, the testing availability Mm -hmm. with who to test first. So it was a triage list. Now that we have more widespread testing, uh, people who are symptomatic uh, with a respiratory illness who don't have an otherwise defined cause, it was not influenza, it's not something else, should absolutely be tested. Um, In family settings where we have cases uh, some will be testing asymptomatic individuals, meaning that uh, we want to understand this. One of the areas we have a lot of work we need to do is understanding kids. Uh, in China, only about 2.1% of the cases were in individuals 19 years of age or younger. Um, one of the issues we have to understand, are they just not getting infected uh, and not ill, or are they getting infected and they're just not getting ill? That latter one makes a big difference for us because if they're getting infected, they might serve as an important source of spreading this virus to family members and others in the community. If they're not getting infected and not ill, that means that the last thing we want to do is close schools. Uh, Closing schools is a highly disruptive activity in a community. Mm -hmm. It surely uh, penalizes low-income earning families because they often have to take off from work and not get paid. Uh, to take care of these children. And so uh, at this point, we want to be really certain about that, but we don't know yet, but it doesn't look like kids clearly are going to play a major role in terms of illness, and what we have to make sure is, oh, they're also not getting infected. So so what should, so so I guess I I keep coming back to that. We don't know the... So we're going to be testing everybody? Is everybody going to be tested more than once? I, oh, I don't think we'll be testing everyone. I think it's a matter of testing people who are symptomatic okay. uh, and testing people and, and not finding another cause for their illness or people who are in family clusters or uh, workplace clusters that otherwise don't have symptoms. Now, in terms of testing everybody, when you're talking about that, that's suggesting people who are otherwise well, who have no exposures, who don't have a contact back to a case. We don't anticipate testing those people right now, but uh, those who are symptomatic, absolutely, we want to find out just what percentage of people in this country actually have this virus as opposed to, say, influenza or some other uh, respiratory uh, disease-causing agent. So... So really, we so there's a, so it is possible that there's a goodly number of pe- people who have the virus that will never be tested. Uh, that's very possible, although it's not a large number of people who are asymptomatic. You know, that's a kind of a fine line. What's the symptom mean? You know, if I've just got done taking an international flight between Asia and here, I might feel like when I arrive, I'm not feeling well, and uh, that's pretty normal with jet lag. Once we're inside the United States, uh, and we're not talking about international travel anymore, you know, I may have just had a bad day. I'm tired. I didn't sleep well last night. Those may be the extent of the symptoms that somebody's going to have, and those people very well may not get tested. But we think that most people have some form of symptoms, even if it's very, very mild illness. Okay. Yeah, but they may get we may not test them either because they may not. They may not get tested, yeah, depending right. again on, on uh, test availability and whether somebody suspects that this is there. Okay. What we have to do is assume 
that most people will get infected with this virus over the course of the next uh, four to six months. Okay. And then we're, we're, uh, who's making these test kits? The test kits right now are coming primarily up from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to state and local health departments. Okay. But there are a number of private entities, both uh, health care uh, uh, systems as well as private manufacturers that are making them uh, under uh, emergency authorization from the FDA. And uh, so we're going to see a rapid expansion of testing uh, coming online very shortly. Super. Okay. Well, well I think, good. Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thank you. Edit me out, okay? I'm. I, I know I sound bad, okay? No, you don't sound you bad. Sound you sound, sound great. Wonderful. And you had lots no, of really and, well, you, you haven't talked to my kids then, okay? Because <laughs> they would tell you quite the opposite. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's how kids <laughs> are. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And we. <laughs> We'll be back in a moment. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely? With the click of a button, without the hassle of a middleman. What's the answer, Michael? The XCheck app, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Fawn loves this song. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you turned it on, she like lights up and starts getting all emotional. She goes liquid on it. She has to yeah, she loves this song so much. One thing I would have liked to ask him that we didn't really have time for. We are, we took him five minutes beyond yeah, what we he went, was supposed to. Yeah, we were, we went over. But, yeah, you but know, you're going to edit so much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> edit. edit those three seconds out. Yeah. Um, there's a theory that I don't know if you're familiar with. Um, <coughs> it has been shown that the virus tends to prefer infiltrating via... ACE2 receptors. What's that mean? Um, oh. It's a it's a receptor. You know, like an ACE inhibitor? <clears throat> yeah. It's the receptor for that enzyme. Oh. It's something you don't really have to care about. Yeah. But you just know that ACE2 receptors are where the virus likes to get in. 
And so we know that's that's for a fact. What we don't know is that there's a theory based on not a whole lot of data that ACE2 expression is higher in Asian males who smoke. Oh. Which is exactly what he said where all the people were getting sick and dying from. Yeah. So basically, more ACE2 gene expression means more likely to die from coronavirus. And is it really low in kids? That we don't... This is like testing for ACE2 expression is yeah, like okay. a brand new thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so That's I mean... That's interesting. We though. have a little bit of data. They didn't... They did a study over 60 versus under 60, and they didn't find any real difference there. Yeah. So age doesn't seem to have anything, but age also just general poorer health, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be because of the gene expression. Mm-hmm. But smokers definitely do have higher gene expression. It's not a ton, but, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily. Yeah, but if you're a smoker, your lungs are messed up to begin yeah. with. Yeah. I mean, that is a real... <clears throat> smoking, you know... Oh, you yeah, know, is, totally. ...is... That the garbage that goes into your lungs from cigarettes, and I'm sorry, that's and Chinese that's a people smoke a lot, is the thing. Yeah, it's garbage. Well, and their mm-hmm. air quality is very poor. And that, yeah, you know. Well, in addition to that, so <laughs> you know, and and you can't get a clear picture. You know, all this stuff's a moving target, and mm-hmm. until until it's worldwide, and they go, oh well, this is how it spread, and yeah, here's what's going on. You know, yeah, it's such just, a concentrated type of person. Yep, and mostly China is, hasn't been. The most, you know, open about, you yeah. know, who's getting it, yeah. how many people are dying, how many yeah. people really got it, how many people are asymptomatic, how many people are really bad sick, on and on and on. So yeah. So we, there's there's theories as to why, you know, seemingly healthy people are just dropping dead from it. It's rare, but you know. I will tell you, if that's what I have, <laughs> had have whatever. It's a long, it's a long haul. I'm on my third week. Well, that's what that's what it sounds like to me. Is that he said that people that really that, that are dying, you know, really get the bad ARDS. Yeah, three at weeks. three to four weeks. Yeah, because my, I'm not saying that's what I have. I could be. I don't know. We, Key West. When was Key West? Uh, three, three weeks, weeks ago. ago. Three yeah. weeks ago. Saturday. Three weeks. Right. We. Fawn had a fever, and then she kind of was just, like, lethargic and had a little bit of a cough for 24 hours. Sage had the same exact thing. I had it, and I just had, like, the fever and the chills and the achy joint stuff for a night. And then I woke up, and we were all fine. So it was three days. We each had it for, like, a day. I only had it for a night where, like, the fever. And then we were fine for three, four days where it was like nothing seemed to happen. Then Sage was just like snot and coughing like a faucet for probably four days, I'd say. And then Fawn started getting a cough. And then I had a dry, non-productive cough that got worse and worse and worse over the course of, I'd say, five days. And then it turned into... Fawn got pink eye because she sucks her fingers and, you know, touches her face. She got double pink eye, which was viral. And then she was coughing. She had congestion. My dry cough got worse and worse and worse, and then it turned into a productive cough. Oh, you start coughing up long? I've been co- The coughing was so intense at one point. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it's just been like this moving target. Are you sure you don't have influenza? I I might. I don't know. It's hard because it's like it I went from— I had bronchitis— 
four weeks, five weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's like it had it was dry cough, and then and wet then it, cough, and yep. then fever, and then congestion, <laughs> and then like my joints have been really were they're my not joints have anymore been super achy, like my hips and knees especially super achy joints and it's just like this moving target where it's like oh i have this yeah. and now i have this and now oh it's a headache and now it might be turning into a yep. sinus infection a and now i can't taste and now it's just like well, it's you know when he when he spoke <coughs> to the first described case okay so zero yeah jim smith gets the virus at the market from yeah. them jumps from him oh jim smith gets it okay jim yeah. he, he goes home he, he goes he goes home his wife's got it now yeah okay his wife goes to work, everybody, you know, and she's coughing all over there. Everybody there's got it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the, the work where the wife goes to, well, that president, the president of that company there in China, he says, hey, I got hey, to go talk to some people who are buying some of this stuff over in America. He gets on a plane. This is in mid-December. Gets on a plane, comes here. So it's conceivable that it could be worldwide. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. Because nobody's been testing. Because like I said before, it was testing based yeah. on travel. Up until like this week, and yeah, now they're testing based and, on symptoms. And, and, he, and I, I just went through. I just read the, the email that came today from the state of Minnesota. These are the people that should be tested, and it was a limited number. And, and you had to be, if you're a healthcare worker, they've been around people, mm-hmm. or you're bad sick, and there's no other reason for you to be bad sick. That's yeah. the people you tested. But if we're just going to test, in the thing, and I guess the tests are positive and negative, and then negative and positive, and they're just there's false negatives there's false positives so it's it's really a moving target so you can't yeah i think maybe we should just say we got it let's go let's get yeah, back to let's work let's just yeah do We're what you need to it. do stay mm-hmm. home when you're sick wash your hands don't touch your face mostly wash your hands don't touch your face <coughs> but you might get infected anyhow just from people coughing well that's the thing it's like the incubation is what 3 to 5 days so you have it and you're spreading oh, it's 14 it. days. It's 14 days? Yeah, 14 days. That's how, you're long, how long you're being quarantined if you've been exposed. Yeah. Well. And some people say 21 days. So really, the incubation yeah. can be four, 14 days. You know, I, it just, it's just a bizarre Yeah, so it's like kind of you could thing. have you come into contact with it two weeks ago and then get symptoms. And, yeah. It's, yet there were, there, were, there were six weeks where it was around being spread in China and worldwide before they said, hey, we got a bad problem. You got this. Nobody had any symptoms. Well, they they had symptoms, but they weren't recognizing whether they oh, were yeah. bad symptoms. Mm-hmm. Somebody dies; they didn't know it was that. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's it. It's just it just seems like yeah, it could be worldwide and and with current travel, with movement, and that's what it's just like when the plague came around. The ship landed, rats got off, boom, everybody had plague. Yeah, you know, within weeks, months, everybody was dead. Yeah, from that. Thank God it's not the plague. I'm really glad it's not the, the plague. Plague's not good. I. Yeah. I don't even know what if yeah, it's I've never been this sick for this long in my entire life. Yeah, we're going get get tested. Hey, I want, just, I want get me some Corona testing. Yeah, at this point, it's a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, even what? if I have it, what am I going to do? Just wait it out. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's wait, like, if you get bad like sick, s- you're going to go to the hospital. Well, yeah, you get it. You get bad sick, you're going to go to the hospital. You get bad sick if you get uh, influenza, you're going to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of you know if you it's get like bad any, sick, it's a virus. Mm-hmm. It's like. Viruses are treated but if the same. A thousand people are going to the hospital. You're in the ER and you go, "Whoa, yeah. why are all these people here?" Yeah, it's gonna be a that could be a mess. And yeah, ECMO serious. When you talked about ECMO, that's where you put you on. You're like on partial heart lung bypass. Yeah, and they're all full all the time. Well, I'm sure they don't have a ton of ECMO beds at any given yeah. time. I mean, yeah. I, it's I, a pretty I, rare thing to and, need. And I would guess 
ECMO bed, uh, it might be a half million dollars. Yeah. yeah. And you might end up needing $20,000 or $10,000 worth of sup- yeah, tubes and, and goo yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, goo. Goo. You know, all the stuff that you need to run the silly thing. Yeah. I mean, they don't. you don't keep that capital investment around yeah. for you know, coronavirus. And then you need yeah. the special person to run it that's trained. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh so. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. ECMO so is basically like just for if your lungs stop working, but everything else is more or less good. I, yeah. I, I have a question: Do they come with a cassette player or DVD player? Because the old heart lung machines used to have a eight iron track. lung. No, they used to have, no, not no. Iron lungs are different. <laughs> the heart lung machines very different. Heart lung machines when they do open heart surgery, they still use them. Yeah. They would have the, there was a big thing. They'd roll this big thing in, and the tech would come in, and and they and the thing about it. They, <laughs> They had an eight-track player in them, eight-track or cassette player oh in them. Oh my God! So yeah, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be in, in heart, mm. halfway through the the heart case. They put a cassette in or eight-track yeah. in. We listen. We listen to Fleetwood Mac yeah. or uh, Greatest of Broadway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Greatest of Broadway. Greatest of Broadway. You know, show tunes. Yeah. Like, you're hitting the show tunes. Why not? You know, you know. They'd be, then they'd be dancing. Mid surgery, yeah, just Mid-surgery. a little swing. A little, little swing. Yeah, they'd, they'd, have, they'd have they'd have marks on the on the on the room, so you wouldn't, you yeah, know, it's you'd fine. hit your hit just your mark. From the dancing. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, some like uh, some procedures, especially heart procedures, they can take twenty hours to do. So yeah. it's like, not you know, very many. Most, not very many. Like, that's like a transplant, but still, most, you're going to want to do something. When most of them, yeah, you you're in the operating room. Frequently, there's music playing. Mm-hmm. And um, or or worse, you know, some surgeon will start singing. My old chief used to sing opera in the oh, OR. Gosh. Oh, that mm. was that. He wasn't a good singer, and he would sing the opera, and he, you know, oh boy, and they and they would, he would and they would bastardize the lyrics, and it of was course. just it would just got real old. And, <laughs> and I said, let's just put, why don't you just put the opera on? We'll just listen <laughs> yeah, to just that. Play it let's, let's listen to professionals. Let's do that. <laughs> Leave it do to the this. professionals. Leave it to the professional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you you do listen to music in the OR, and it's uh, and some people don't like it. They say it breaks their concentration. Well, and I'm sure. Too, I, I get real quiet when I'm in the OR. Mm-hmm. With music is okay, but I get real quiet. I don't chit chat. I don't mind other people talking. Yeah. But it's just I don't I uh, I don't chit chat too. I guess you you just your linear thinking. You know, I like that focus because then you're just moving. Yeah. You want to because it just yeah. you know, start talking. You you get it breaks your your yeah. physical work yep. and the surgery takes a little bit longer it takes long enough sometimes as it is so mm-hmm. yeah the, the long cases man and some people do they do these uh, you know some cases are can be up to well the siamese twin stuff that's 36 hours yeah when they're taking them brain I, a lot of blood vessels you there's need to... a gal that i used to she went to my dance studio growing up and she just had siamese twins like four months ago joined where a stomach uh, stomach or abdomen Abdomen, yeah, not stomach. So abdomen. Stomach. Not so good. that's how do you? No, yeah, yeah abdomen. Are they going to sort them out? Probably. Yeah, they're doing. They're putting in whatever they're called, little like stretcher things for their yeah, skin, sure. yeah. and then one of them is having kind of confusing heart stuff. Mm, that's that's the thing. If you get the one thing about uh, congenital anomalies. If you have one, mm-hmm. you're always trained to look for the next one. Yeah. When you find the second one, yeah. look for the next one. And it can be sometimes those children can have multiple issues, mm-hmm. you know, like Down syndrome. Down syndrome, mm-hmm. they, can have, they, have, they can have uh, intellectual peace. Then there's, you know, they can have problems with their tongue breathing. Then they can yeah. have eventual cardiac issues. Yeah, heart issues. They can have common. growth yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it just, you know, it just is a, 
it's just it's a cascade kind of effect, and there's mm-hmm. many syndromes are sort of based on that. Yeah. So it's I, yeah, it's a, it's that's a real deal. So it's although it's, being a Siamese twin isn't really a genetic disorder per se. It, no. it, it's a mechanical it, disorder of the but pregnancy. It, they have a tendency to go together. It may not be genetic, and may not always have the same symptom, but it can have other yeah, but there's always other, mechan- some, other yeah, mechanical. Yeah. Issues. Well, you never and, know what vein is going from where to where, you know. Yeah. Was your New Year's resolution to work out at the gym to lose weight? And now it's almost March and you haven't shed a pound? Well, do what I did. Let the coaches at Ultimate Weight Loss help you lose weight fast. With the help of Ultimate Weight Loss, I lost 41 pounds, another 42 pounds in each of my first two 40-day programs, and I didn't have to exercise. Summer will be here before you know it. So start now, look great, and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with the help of my friends at Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss, powered by Nutramost. Due to the tremendous success of their clients, they are now opening a Woodbury location. That's on March 2nd. They will then have three locations to serve you in Plymouth, Edina, and Woodbury. Starting today, live your healthiest life. Schedule an immediate consultation. Call Ultimate Weight Loss, powered by Nutramost, 763-333-7337, 763-333-7337, or go to their website, ultimatewl.com. That's ultimatewl.com. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. And in the development, whenever you, in the, the one thing that I that always amazed me <clears throat> is how you go from a sperm and an egg to a person. Mm-hmm. It's so and, unbelievable. And when you when you study it and you watch it and you watch the different stages, you know, every week or so how it happens. <clears throat> yeah. When it when when they it, the the way the stuff moves around, and the way stuff knows how to fuse. To yeah. create a cavity yeah. and how to create more than one cavity mm-hmm. and in the right spot with you know. all, all that stuff and in it whether it's a mechanical issue or whatever if it if one little bit gets off the wrong spot yeah mm-hmm. then everything down well, that so, chain is screwed oh, yeah, well, up i remember when i was pregnant with fun i was like reading of all of the problems that everybody can have and oh, blah, God, blah, 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 blah. Thousands of them. But it's just like so remarkable that the vast majority of people are born yeah. perfectly healthy. You know, I was, uh, as a resident, uh, I, I really was driven home. I was in the plastic surgery service. And when you're, you know, you get to a point in your career, if you're the third year resident on on a service, you know, you, you may be allowed to do certain cases by the simplest kind of things you may be doing. And patients know this, that this goes on. There's nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, I, I was. They said, "Oh, you can take care of this little cyst on on this person's head." Yeah, little cyst, little yeah. cyst, just a tiny, just like an like, easy oh, little cyst. It's cyst. It's just like a wen cyst. So yeah. you go in and you, everybody gets some simple thing. You make a little incision, you squeeze the thing, the marble pops out, put a stitch in, everybody's happy. Yeah. So um, I start doing this, and I'm and the, and the attending isn't around because it's just they said okay this oh you how you do it oh you know how to do this you've done three or four of these you've got a hundred of these already you know just you can do this is how we're gonna do it yeah. so i did this i started working he exposed everything and said, oh just a sister yes and nothing this is nothing i haven't seen before and i started dissecting down to see where where it went yeah 
I go down, I get and I get underneath it, and I go. Wasn't well, just that's, well, that's, well, that's interesting. Why is there a hole in the skull? It's a person. Oh, it was a person. It, it, it was a person. It, it was an eye. It winked at me. <laughs> no, it was a hole in the skull, and it was a connection of this. So this was not just a, a regular sebaceous cyst caused by the skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was an outcropping of the of the uh, co- uh, coatings around the brain. It was a dural cyst. Ah. So I so I so at that point I said, "Would you please have?" Doctor, so and so, come in. So yeah, he came in, and, he said, and I said, "I think that I think this is I think this is a, 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 a you know an outcropping of the scene." He goes, "That's not possible. That's not possible." So he he puts his gloves on, and starts looking. He says, "Oh yeah." So the neurosurgeon comes in. Oh yeah, and it was it turned into a much bigger deal. Yeah, where yeah, had yeah. To, we had to, yeah, they had they had to open the skull. Oh, had to, you know, mm. and he had to do that to do it safely. Yes, yeah, child's yes. fine. There's no big deal. It's that all that heals. It's not an issue at yeah. all. but but it, it teaches you that, yeah, yeah. It happens, yeah. and you have to be, really be respectful of that and be careful of that. So, so who does separating of conjoined twins? Like, what's the depends on where you are. Plastic surgeons are always involved because you got it. That's why yeah, they're putting the yeah, expanders in. They're stretching yeah. skin so they can close the hole. So, and much of plastic surgery is reupholstering. So they're just going to yes. reupholster the kids. Yeah. So, but it's like then the original surgeon separates them, and then they go to plastic surgery. No, right the plastic surgery is involved right afterwards. Right in, in okay. that whole process. Yeah. And it depends on where it is. Generally, there's a vascular surgeon because there's vascular anomalies yep. where the thing you're connected, they have to decide on how, how they can reroute things. Uh, if they have to do bypass or they have to do uh, vein grafts and things to mm-hmm. maintain vascularity, then there's going to be, with the, the tummy, well, then a general surgeon is going to be, or a pediatric general surgeon is going to be talking about uh, doing things with regards to intestines, how much gets where, who gets yeah. what. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to do a transplant from one to the other because mm-hmm. they're identical? Mm-hmm. One to the other. So you can, there's, you can move stuff around to get them apart. And then... Once once they get all the serious stuff, then it, the plastic surgeons come in and reupholster everything. Yeah, that's kind of thing. And it's kind of that's the way it is, uh, uh, most of the time because yeah, you know we we you know if it's not the skin, you know we pretty much you know they help with the mother. Plastic surgeons would do free tissue transfer, like muscle transfer and things like that, if they need that <coughs> or move things around to try to close the hole. But it's mo- largely reupholstering. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I know because we had those conjoined twins <coughs> that went they. Went to school near us, yeah. uh-huh. but they were con- they were conjoined, conjoined at like the head. right here, yeah, yeah. Well, that's their face the, or something. those aren't getting separated. They couldn't no. be separated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's interesting. They had like a show about them. Yep, I know, but why? For a while. Let the poor put the poor souls in. Let them live, and you I know, know. Yeah, don't put them on. Don't. don't I, I I have a real issue with that. Like, you know, all these. Shows. I know it's like putting them on display. Like, well, that was like they're at the height of the reality show boom yeah. too. Yeah. So everyone had to have a reality yeah. show. And that yeah. uh, you know botch show, they do that. Oh, botch. They, mm-hmm. they put they put I, they yeah. put pe- poor souls that are have mental issues that come in there. It was like the poor guy that wanted to be looked like Ken, a Ken doll. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he ends up, you know, and you know. He shouldn't have been on the show. That's what he. That's the whole point. He wanted to this popularity. Yep. That's mm-hmm. what he was. And they give it to him. It fed into his. Del- yeah. Fed his, uh, what's yeah. he do? ODs. No, yeah. poor guy. And they shouldn't know. No, you should be over here. You yeah. Be and there are a couple people that want to be Barbie. And mm-hmm. yeah, I know. I watched an episode. I think of that when I was really sick and bedridden with Fawn when I was pregnant, <laughs> I, and I was like, "This show is horrible." Well, that's a bad show, it's and I think the ethics of it are pathetic. And, and it's I, on I, all I the time. Oh, I know. It's just garbage. It is absolute garbage. I was like, I cannot believe that this is something that people would watch. And that's, that's an interesting ethical question, though, as a surgeon is, you know, say that guy comes in and he says, you know, I want my millionth plastic surgery. Your first thought is no, obviously. But, you know, 
what if you know for sure that if you say no, he's going to go down to Mexico and get a black market surgery? Yeah. At that point, do you say yes or no. do you still no. What, say no? No, I think ethically what you if, – if, so what happens is you, you go into somebody, a, pl- a reputable plastic surgeon, best, best ever, best, top, reputable, perfect ethics, everything's perfect, best person in the world. And they say, oh, no, you shouldn't have this surgery. You should see a psychiatrist. And then, of course, that patient, of course, it's not pro, not a mental issue. The surgery's not working. He's not getting what he wants. So yeah. then he goes he goes to somebody, well, you know, their, their, their ethics aren't perfect. And the, the, that person says, no, you really shouldn't have surgery. I don't think this is a good idea. You should see a psychiatrist. She's, he, they're going to slide down yep. yeah. the, the cosmetic surgery food chain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as far as they can. Until you know, somebody says and, yes. And they'll find somebody, maybe a family doctor who does some of this stuff or plays, plays with cosmetic surgery. Or in, and they may go to a third world country where I don't know what the training is. You don't, it doesn't have to be third world, but it could be in America. Yeah. Family doctor. There's a family doctor in town that does cosmetic surgery. Yeah. So you, you, you go to them. You know, they well, yeah, I want this money. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's go. Yeah. yeah. You know, they take as much money as they can, and then they'll slide down a little bit further when that person gets sick of them. So it's yeah. not your responsibility to keep them from sliding, basically. That's right. I can't. Oh, I can't. Because, <clears throat> yeah. first off, I'm not going to be able to give them the result that they want. Well, no. And they're never going to be happy because they're never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That problem is a, is a psychiatric issue that needs care, <clears throat> and they refuse to accept that because having a surgical illness is less – uh, as a less of a connotation or poor connotation than having a mental illness. Yeah. Well, then you as a plastic surgeon, you don't want to have, you know, your name on that. No. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah, you don't because it's not the right thing to do. It's not the proper patient care. It's yeah. not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's patients I turn away. I say, no, I don't <clears> think, uh, I can't give you the result that you want. You know, you may want to get some help elsewhere. Yeah. Mm. So. Are we over? Are we? What's we're over enough that I think we should just go to thirty and then call it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're, oh, we're six minutes over. So I mean, we're already halfway done with the third segment by now. Oh, super! Well, so you're gonna splice something just, else in. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I, I, I feel for the Siamese twins because that's that's a if you can't get separated. I just can't imagine the social piece to that. And I know, yeah, and one of you the, never see that anymore though. So they've come a long way in terms oh, sure. of yeah, and yeah. most of them are not conjoined like that that yeah. much you know it's not i remember like the ones from minnesota they were that are conjoined with the face that can't be separated one of mm-hmm. them was married and the other one wasn't and yeah, it was like, like how does that how do know. you yeah you always got to think about the logistics of that situation yeah i don't know how yeah. one is married one was married at one point and then the other wasn't i don't know if they're both yeah, and, married you know, now and or a, and, the, and the social piece of that is just very um very complex, very confusing, and I think I don't know. I, I Abby I, and Brittany Hensel yep. is their names. Yeah. They are age twenty nine. Yeah, they're just a few years younger than me. Let's see. I wonder if they've got any kids. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if they can have kids. Who knows? I'm sure they can. They're just attached at the face. Well, they've got a you know the issues kind of as you go up. It, they, it becomes weirder. You know, like they've got like two and a half lungs and that kind of thing going on. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah, Is yeah, their wombs Yeah, like do they right? have separate? Yeah. Who knows? Can they yeah, actually? It's a, it's a, or is the uterus formed the same? And, exactly. You know. Mom's uterus isn't formed correctly and we still made it out. And that's true. Hers is shaped like a donut. Did she have C-sections? No. Yeah. Yeah, she has a donut-shaped nice. uterus. Nice. She, she had the kids. And she had us. Yep. Her 
pregnancies and deliveries were absolutely horrible. And I'm like, maybe it's because your donut shaped uterus. Yeah, maybe maybe you, got, you got the donut. We, should, we can't talk about your mom. <laughs> she know, would not care if we were talking about her donut shaped uterus. Basic anatomy. On, that's kind of that's sad. We shouldn't, just shouldn't do that. Not to, I was, that's not ethical. I was in there. You should see a psychiatrist. I used to live in there. I can talk about it. You can talk about it. That's my home. Oh, that's right. I guess, I guess you do. You're sort of a <laughs> carnal. No, I shouldn't yeah. say carnal. I have, an intimate. No, yeah. a... Uh, personal, the, personal. I have love. the most personal relationship with that space <laughs> of anyone. <laughs> Gee whiz. Gee whiz. Actually, no, Andy does. You were in there for longest. Yeah. You were? Yep. You were preemie? I had IUGR. What's that? In a intrauterine growth restriction. So they. Because of the. Yeah. Because the donut uterus. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to be. Um, indu- yeah, she had yeah, to be induced. How early were you? Not very. Okay. four weeks or something. That's one of those things that I feel like when I was a kid, I heard about preemies all the time. Yeah. But I never really hear about anymore. Is that because there are fewer of them or do they just not talk about them? No, they are cared for so well. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother, God rest her soul, Thelma Grace, did was a nursery nurse before they had the neonatal intensive care unit. Mm. And she took care of the preemies. So preemies showed up. That was two pounds. Yeah, they would care for it, and they had now. Mo- it was unusual for a child or baby that's that age, and this was in the sixties. Yeah, to survive. Yeah, because now the. I don't if, know what the birth weight is now. They can get them to survive. Yeah, like t- I think twenty six weeks is like a big milestone of like eighty oh, percent sure. of kids born after twenty six weeks survive. Oh and yeah, 30, the fetal viability is yeah, yeah. thirty yeah. is really high and you get you get that but it's, it has to do with the, the formation of the lungs and their ability to yep. to that yeah. it's just yep. kind of related to this uh, we're gonna bring it all back yeah. complete this circle you know it's that the whole idea you gotta have good lungs that's yeah. kind of you ain't got the good lungs yeah. it is really hard to get a uh, individual or yep. to survive or human to survive and that's <clears throat> and that's that's going to be the bad thing with this this virus but it's interesting that it might be worldwide already now you don't even don't even think of that. I, I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, that, looking at that timeline, if it started in November, well, yeah, why why would it take so long? We didn't to hear get about here? it until in, until the second week. You didn't hear about it until the second week. Yeah, in wasn't January, there like one guy in Texas weeks. that had it, and it was like the first U.S. case or yeah, whatever? Well, and it's like the well, they weren't testing for it when it was yeah. it could have been here. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and the guy that has it in there, the one guy, I think he died maybe in California. I think he hadn't traveled anywhere yeah but or california like, that's there's a huge chinese or population been, there. or been around anyone that had well, traveled that, to again, china that, like that, that i think that's evidence it's yeah. like there are people yep. that got it mm-hmm. that aren't sick yep. you don't know they got it absolutely and they're spreading it so there's yep. so and and with so many diseases there's carriers people that mm-hmm. you, you're not asymptomatic but you got it and you're spreading it around and yeah. you know i got a cough okay well, you got a cough oh jim's got a cold oh yeah, like he's still doing his thing, and yeah, like Dan and Sage both got this. What Fawn and I have, but Sage, like I said, he was just like super snotty for like four days, and then yeah, completely got over it. And then Dan had congestion for a couple days, and then went and did some weird sauna thing twice, and then was cured. <laughs> so he did some sauna with peppermint oil he did and some uh, sauna vinegar sauna thing. <laughs> peppermint oil vin- vinegar sauna. Oh jeez. Yep, I've been doing that in a big pot and then putting a towel oh, over my head good. and just breathing and hacking up a lung and Can you do it with vaping? It's Can you do that same thing with vaping? I 
Probably. That sounds scary. It stings? Peppermint oil? Yeah, peppermint right oil stings. Right in the ones? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, it stings. You it have does? To, you have to dilute. If it's like pure 100% peppermint, yeah, like peppermint oil, oil yeah. and you put it right on your skin, it can burn you. Yeah. Really? I put yeah. I put four drops into yeah. a big. Well, I probably it's probably like three, four cups of water. I put four drops of peppermint oil in, and the first couple breaths when I go under there, they hurt. Yeah. One of the one of the <coughs> one of the most interesting experiences as a medical student. I was a senior <coughs> medical student, and um, when we were on call for the surgical service, you you bunked in in this little tiny room mm. and there was an x-ray and there was an x-ray box i remember this x-ray box on the on the wall and i remember waking up at 5 30 in the morning 5 30 in the morning and the either the intern or the junior resident was being was being screamed at by this chief resident oh god as loud as he possibly can What's wrong with you? You are the stupidest person in the whole world. I can't believe that you didn't see this. And what you have to always look at this. So what happened? He put this x-ray up, and I'm sort of waking up a little bit. I see that air under the diaphragm, and I go, uh-oh, because that means that there was something. The, perf- the person had a perforated intestines. Gas leaks out, collects yeah. it out of the diaphragm. When you look at the chest x-ray, it's clear. You can see it yeah. most of the time. So, oh, and so, so you're getting up and you say, oh, we got, there's going to be surgery. First thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, even before. So they just delayed the, the day in that room. Yeah. And they, they rolled this patient in. So the patient's in there. We know that they, he has, a, has had a perforation. And we, they, they, they start the case. And you got your gloves on. And you're, you know, you're a senior medical student. And you just feel like you are just number one. Cause, oh, I'm in here. And I'm just, look, I'm in. No one else is here. I'm right here looking. I'm looking. Yeah. Look at me. I'm here. So we're there, and they st- and so we're there. The attendings here, the chief residents there. I'm here. There's another. Probably, I was probably fourth, fifth, sixth in line behind the scrubbers, looking yeah. in. You're looking in there. Oh, what's going to happen? What's this going to look like? What's gonna, what are we going to see? They they make the incision through the skin, go through the fat. They made the incision in between the two muscles to go into the abdomen. Oh God! Yeah. And up bubbling comes up into into this wound is mm-hmm. a or a bu- is a bunch of brown stuff with peas floating in it. Yeah. True story. And the room reeked with this, the rotten yeah. flesh. It was, it was, it was a, well, I'm sure there was a lot of necrosis, not oh, to mention. There was mention. some necrosis, and it was, it yeah. was a mess. Because that guy had some dead bowel. It was a small piece of dead bowel. He did fine. It was not that. It, it, uh, the, isn't you it think crazy it's that tough. you can come back from that? Oh, yeah. yeah. He just cut it up, sew it back together. Everybody, you clean it up a little bit, and it, it, that wasn't the issue. But I remember distinctly this stench was everything, and you're just about ready to start heaving. And the and the circulating nurse came around, and she had a little peppermint peppermint, peppermint oil on on a yep. little thing, and she goes boop 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 boop, boop to everybody's yeah. mask. And it goes. It overpowers. Takes everything. care of it. It went yeah. away, and it it's was a the, strong it, it was, oil. It was the best, and I go. Whoa! You're like that I need worked. this. Stuff. That worked. <laughs> yeah. And we went to finish the surgery. It was like no worse for wear. And all that, all the odor and everything was gone. And, yeah. Or you didn't know it wasn't gone. Yeah. But it was. It was covered it was up by the oil. Great. Just that oil does See? work. Shows the power. Wouldn't it be the power of essential oil? Like, the power of essential oil. Be able to turn on and off your senses. I would never turn off taste because I'm miserable. <laughs> I'm so sad. I know that's a bad one, and you, and you do lose weight. A buddy of mine yeah, went I've through lost five pounds. Radiation. I'm just like I'm not interested <clears throat> in eating. Yeah, radiation treatment and lost a sense of taste. 
and he lost a pile. He's a big guy. He is. He lost a pile of weight just because he just don't feel like eating. I don't even know. I want it to come back. <laughs> oh, I know. It'll, it'll, it'll come, come back. back. It'll just take time. Well, Mom, she lost her sense of smell from Zycam for yes, like six months. She did. Don't take Zycam. I'm like, I can't even. Dan, the other day when he was like congested, he was like, I'm going to take some Zycam. I was like, don't do it. Zycam. Yeah, <laughs> You know, they, you know, I think some of the, the laws, in, I don't know, what was your mom taking? Do you remember? Thieves? Thieves. Oh, no, the Zycam thing? She, I don't know if she did the nasal swab. They were the swabs. It was the swabs, yeah. yeah. That was like 15 years ago, wasn't it? No. No? no the, 10, maybe. You know, those are, yeah, the, and there was a class action lawsuit against mm-hmm. Zycam because all these people were losing their sense of smell for months mm-hmm. at a time. Did your, mom, did your mother get healthy? I don't know. She, yeah, her cold was no, shortened by about, a whole day. financially healthy out of this lawsuit. Oh. That's my insinuation. No, no I know hers she was, wasn't involved. Hers was not. It was years later that she was like, actually, I read that there was a lawsuit. And she was like, I should have. I could have made money. Yeah, it'd been a ticket out of this hell. I'd be a ticket out of this hell. Yeah. I'd be out of here. God. All right. Okay, it's time to, to get out of here. <laughs> time to get done. Yep. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow. Not Thursday, I don't think. I won't be here. That's true. You're going to I'll be in Disney, Disney World. World. Yeah, so I, I might come in by myself and just talk to no one for two just hours. So, well, probably not. Yeah, because, yeah. Ralph's not coming in. So. No, Doug. I can't or, come in. Doug's not coming. Doug's not coming. Ralph's not coming in either. But no, I'm not coming in. I'm working tomorrow. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, I'll be back next Tuesday. So. so we'll see you tomorrow. Later, skater. With the family.